Good evening and welcome to College Facebook Live, a series dedicated to bringing parents and families better information about higher education and better access to college admissions. I'm Kelsey Tarosian. Tonight, we are absolutely thrilled to welcome um, to welcome you here as we discuss the importance of the college essay with admissions veteran Emily Carmichael. She is the Assistant Director of Regional Recruitment at University of Oregon. Um, before I get started, for anyone out there who doesn't already know who we are and what we do, um, we're a group called College. We are a private college consulting group. We work with students on their admissions um, into college and really anywhere on their path to college. They could be younger, they could be ready to apply, um, so we're a group of experienced admissions professionals, and um, on in this work, our help, our excuse me, guys, um, in this work, we find that it not only helps students to identify and apply to best fit colleges, but it really helps them to uncover and expand and ignite their deeper potential um, as they go through high school. So without further ado, I'm going to invite our panelists to join the stream. First, I want to introduce Jenny Umhofer. Jenny is our owner and founder and our host tonight. Welcome, Jenny. Hello, everyone. It's great to be here. <laughs> and then next, I would like to introduce Emily Carmichael. She is the Assistant Director of Regional Recruitment for University of Oregon. Welcome, Emily. Hi. Hi. So Emily um, started actually working in admission at her alma mater, Eckerd College, shortly after graduation. She absolutely loves, she was sharing with us how she loves how every day on the job is different and that she's able to work with students as they're making some of the biggest decisions in their life. Um, after four years of admissions at Eckerd, she began working at University of Arizona, based regionally in Los Angeles. And now after 10 years of working in higher education, She's the Assistant Director for Regional, of Regional Recruitment at University of Oregon. She's also based regionally in North County, San Diego. Um, so very familiar with all of the schools around here in Southern California. And I know she's very eager to share information with you tonight and throughout your college search journey as you consider your future in higher education and maybe even as a duck. Um, so we're really happy to have you here tonight and I'm gonna hand it over to Jenny. Hi everyone, thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's a pleasure to have you. Um, before we get started, I just wanna encourage all of you to ask questions and if you are finding this useful to just go ahead and hit that like button. We love likes. <laughs> um, you can do that on your screen. Recently, we hosted a lively conversation about leadership and diversity um, in higher education with USC and Caltech and um, their admissions offices touched on the college essay. And, um, but then we also did another Facebook Live, um, a live session with CU Boulder. Um, we learned actually in these sessions how leadership may appear differently in college applications this year than it did in years past. Um, there's just so much change surrounding us and it's bound to affect the application process in 2021. So to access our archives, if you'd like to stream those as well, just click in our comments feed, um, we're going to post that as well so you can have access. Um, so we're really asking right now, we're asking our students to um, get going and dig into their college essays and to write those essays. And while we're doing that, we wanted to sit down with Emily to get her perspective on the college essay, um, the common application essay, especially and the Oregon supplement. 
and ask her about how this process of the application might be particularly important this year. And I'm guessing drafting and submitting compelling essays will be even more crucial than ever before. So Emily, um, before we jump right into essays, um, I'd love to hear a little bit about uh, your school. Um, University of Oregon is one of those unique schools that serves such a wide range of students, academic interests, and offer students different ways to engage with their learning. Um, can you tell us how Oregon is able to do that so well? Yeah, absolutely. And so I want to start with more general information about the university, and then I'll tap into that as well. But so we are a public liberal arts and research institution located in Eugene, Oregon. We have an undergraduate student population of about 20,000. And then we have a really small graduate population of about 3,000 students. So really, that means that our research opportunities are really accessible for our undergrads, which is really important to think about. With our size, we fondly refer to, refer to ourselves as a big small school. So uh, you get the opportunities of a large school while still maintaining the great small community of a smaller school. So you can walk from one end of campus to the other within 15 minutes and you definitely notice a really great community on campus while you're there. We also have really, um, we have a, a really wide range of academic programs, over 250, so lots to choose from. And our most popular way to start is actually undecided a third of our students will start out exploring their options. So it's really great to know that you have the opportunities to have support along the way. So to talk a little bit about our diversity, um, it is a super diverse community on campus and it's something that's really celebrated at U of O. We're actually even more diverse than the state of Oregon itself. So something we're really proud of, but it's definitely something that contributes to every aspect of being on campus. And that includes the residential communities, um, everywhere to the conversations that are taking place in our classroom. So it's a big part of who we are. We also have an amazing center for the multi multicultural academic excellence, which we call CMAE, and that promotes student retention and persistence for historically underrepresented and underrepresented and underserved populations. So I think that's important to keep in mind as well. Um, and we've been rated one of the most LGBTQ friendly colleges in the nation. So. We have a lot of opportunities for students in different populations, which is really cool. Then we also have over 300 different clubs and organizations, and they include academic opportunities, and that's not specific to what your major is. So whether or not you know what you want to study or you want to get involved in something outside of your major, you can absolutely do that. And then, of course, we have athletic options. I know people are aware of those for the most part. Uh, we have arts, music, social organizations, and everything else that you can think of. And even if you can't find what you're looking for, there's always opportunities to start clubs up as well. And then with all those majors that I mentioned, we really have strengths across the board. Um, and as a liberal arts school, all of our students will take a little bit of everything along the way. Our goal is really to make our students well-rounded um, so that you'll be set for whatever career you end up in in the future. So there's so many opportunities for our students to take advantage of on campus. And what I always say is that the most important thing to remember is just to get involved in all of them. So they're gonna really introduce you to new people from different backgrounds and get you exposed to new ways of thinking. And it's really what it's all about. Wonderful. I remember just even, uh, I think it was about a year and a half ago, I visited campus and was struck by how many different um, types of students were on campus. Um, you know, you can you can find very conservative, you know, sort of um, uh, local uh, students as well as the, the student athlete. And you have, um, you know, Portland not too far away. So you've got, of course, like sort of more the hippie types. And um, But every kind of student seems to be embraced at University of Oregon. And um, there's just such a wide range that it, it feels like a place where a lot of different types of students can come together and thrive in their education. Um, so as a dedicated recruiter for Oregon. Absolutely. 
Yay. Um, would you share a little bit, I'm curious if you could share a little bit about common traits you find compelling in admissions and talk about the kinds of students who would actually thrive at Oregon. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think along with what I mentioned before about getting involved on campus, which is really, really important. I can't stress that enough. There's just so many student, so many student activities for students to get involved in. So um, I mentioned some previously. There's also like Greek life. We have our outdoor adventure facility that leads students on trips to explore the beautiful state and just enjoy the environment where we're located, attending those sporting events. I mean, there's so much to do. So think of all these opportunities as well as other ones like study abroad when the world opens back up again someday, doing research on campus, getting internships, um, all of these things. You could do one, you could do all of the above. Um, and these are all options available to our students. So it's really important to get outside your comfort zone, think about these new opportunities, get involved and try new opportunities. So that's what really is gonna get you connected to campus and it's really gonna help you thrive. Um, the other big piece I would say is living on campus. It's a really residential community and students who live on campus are much more likely to perform higher academically. They're more likely to stay at U of O all four years and to graduate on time. So there's just so many great benefits behind that. So it's a wonderful thing all around. Um, and we have such an amazing community on campus so that school spirit really brings people together um, and it radiates throughout the whole community. So Eugene is definitely that quintessential college town and school spirit resonates throughout the entire area. The city really rallies around our sports teams and the enthusiasm for the ducks and green and yellow is super contagious. So I think that's a big part of it. I can imagine, I can imagine. Um, so let's talk about the essays. Um, so in Oregon's application, you folks require the Common App and uh, the Common Application main essay, which is up to 650 words and a choice of six topics. Um, I, you know, we've noticed our students sometimes struggle with a few areas, feeling like confident that their, you know, their stories are unique, um, and then revisiting and then revising and editing these stories so that their messages come across to admissions officers. I'm wondering if you could give us a couple of Common Application essay examples that you found particularly engaging. Yeah, absolutely. And we are also on the Common App Coalition and we have our own application. So lots of options for students to select from. But when it comes to the essays, what I always say is that we're looking for two main key takeaways. So we wanna know about who the student really is and we wanna see their writing talent. It's really as simple as that. So students really do sometimes have a lot of trouble coming up with the essay topic and it doesn't have to be anything dramatic. So keep that in mind. Of course it can be if that is your story and that's what you need to tell us, that's totally fine. But the best essay that I read quite a few years ago actually was about a student who got stuck in a pullout couch and it was really funny, really well written. We learned a lot about them. Um, and so it's a really unique topic, definitely something that sticks in my mind that I remember years into the future. So um, it's, it's something that stands out and that's what's key really. So um, we are getting a lot of information on your application already. And I think this is a great opportunity of a section on the application that you can highlight something about yourself that we're not already seeing. Um, so for example, I remember another great essay where a student was going through their eraser collection telling us how that related to them. Um, read some really good ones about avid readers talking about their hobby. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be something, like I said, dramatic. There are a few that we see really frequently. So for example, we see a lot about writing on service trips or an athlete talking about the big game. And so there's definitely ways that you can do those essays well, but since we see them so frequently, you're gonna really need to take a creative approach on those topics. The other big challenge I would say is that when students try to take on too much in their essay, 
So we really don't need you reciting your extracurricular list in essay format. That's really not what we're looking at because we're already getting that information. So share with us something that's really important about yourself that's not already listed. We're really trying to find out who you are as a person in addition to all the quantitative data, data that we're already seeing. That's really helpful, Emily. Thank you so much. I, I do find that that can be a struggle to kind of list the resume points that are already on the activity section. Um, so with that, that's a great example too. I, it just makes me chuckle to think about you reading that essay um, about the student who got stuck in the in the couch, the pullout couch. Um, that, that's certainly unique that loud, funny. and memorable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so with that, the um, the optional second essay or or the Oregon supplement that um, is not required um, mm -hmm. is is a is an interesting is an interesting prompt. I was taking a look at it more closely and um, you know sort of talking about what makes ducks ducks <laughs> and no two are alike. Um, but really, the the heart of this prompt is really asking students to think about equity and inclusion. Um, and then asking them mm -hmm. to look at the equity and inclusion website. Um, and this is a maximum of 500 words. So I guess a couple questions I have for you about this um, Oregon supplement is many students may wonder, like, is this essay really optional? What are your thoughts about the optional piece here? Yeah, absolutely. So it really indeed is optional. Um, I think it's a great way for a student who's looking to add add something to our application to do that. They have that opportunity through two, op two optional pieces to the application. So that would be the supplemental essay, and then it would be a letter of recommendation. So those two are optional pieces that students can choose to include. Um, there are two supplemental options, uh, excuse me, two supplemental essay topics to choose from. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, and they really bring us back to kind of what we discussed in the first question. So when we were talking about diversity in our student body, I mean, those differences are really celebrated. That's something that's a big part of who we are. So we really want to see that a student has put thought into these questions, that they know they're going to be able to contribute to community and that they can express that in writing. So I think that's really key. I mean, have you looked into the University of Oregon? Do you understand that you're going to be contributing to our community? Because it's a really big piece of who we are and we're really looking forward to having students be welcomed into the community who are ready to chat. Great. Wonderful. And um, so it really is optional is what you're saying, that um, if a student maybe doesn't have anything more to add, then they don't have to. But certainly there's probably a lot of students who have maybe multiple things that they could share about their strengths, their interests, um, and certainly equity and inclusion. Um, so the other question I have is actually about the honors program. So I know that Oregon has um, a phenomenal honors program and that that program does require some additional essay work. Can you tell us a little bit about the honors program? Yes, absolutely. So we actually have the second oldest honors college in the country, so it's really well established. Students who are involved in the program, they get access to some really wonderful perks. So for example, the class sizes, they're actually capped at 19. It's a really intimate environment in, in the college itself. They also get the opportunity to complete a master thesis upon graduation and they'll present that to a board. So really amazing experiences that take place along the way. And the program's actually structured so that the students will take their GE classes through the Honors College and graduate through the Honors College, but they still take classes with students in their major. So they're still very much a U of O student, still taking part of the U of O community for sure. 
Um, and then the Honorable Ashland in creating some of the classes that are offered. So it's a really personal experience to them. And it's also really interesting classes that they're getting an opportunity to take. So students can apply to be part of the program with the admissions application, and that would be through that essay. So they would submit an essay, and those are changing a little bit for this year, uh, but they can submit that with the regular application essay, and then we'll review it with our holistic review approach, or they can always apply once they're on campus as well. So they do have those two opportunities. And then in addition to the Honors College, which is really amazing, we do also have academic honors that students can choose to take part in as well. So for example, we have them in our business program um, and different majors like that. So um, different ways to get involved in honors even if that honors college isn't necessarily where students see themselves that's great that's great that you offer that for students who are current students as well so that you know in case they miss the boat on the application initially they can they can opt to do that later um so i you know i just love seeing these supplements and, and because when i look at supplemental prompts it you know tells me so much about the school and you know where they're thinking admissions officers are thinking about um you know their students and mm -hmm. you know how, how best to pick the, the the students for their um their incoming class so emily i'm curious if you could tell me a little bit about from your side about what you like to see in supplemental essays when students do submit Yeah, so um, I know that one of the things that you and I had talked about was kind of missing the mark. Uh, and that's one thing that I definitely wanted to highlight too. So uh, there have definitely been occasions um, where a student will copy paste their personal statement into the supplemental essay and the exact same two writing pieces are back to back. And so in that case, I mean, really am reading the essays, so I do notice that. And sometimes I think maybe students aren't necessarily thinking that there's an actual person behind this process, but here I am. Um, so that really does miss the mark of being able to use another part of the application to show us how you fit in the University of Oregon community. The spaces that are available to you on the application are really opportunities for you to share about your personal experiences and share that with us. So make sure to use them if there's anything that you want to say. So if not, um, we're never going to have information. Um, we're never going to have that information that you really want us to know is a key part of who you are. So I think what I would say a great way to think is that diversity that in so many different ways. So um, we're talking, you know, racial diversity, socioeconomic diversity, geographic diversity. So think about it and how it relates to you. I mean, all of those sides are things that are important to us on campus. Um, we have, you know, all 50 states represented 100 countries. We have a super diverse community. We have LGBTQ students. I mean, it's it's really, it's a wonderful mix on campus and that's what we're so proud of. So show that. Wonderful, that sounds great. So um, really wanting to see the unique individual come off the page. Um, I, 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 that's great, that's so helpful. Um, as you know, we're, we're located in California, as are you. <laughs> um, I'm wondering if there's anything that you have, um, any advice that you might give to California students who might be interested in mm -hmm. applying to Oregon and you know how they might think about their essays um, or any tips that you might give to California students and parents. Yeah, absolutely. And so I'll preface this with a big percent of our student body comes from the state of Oregon, and then about 50% is coming from out of state and international. Yeah. Um, our highest out of state population is California. So <laughs> California students, you won't be alone by any means. I work with Southern California students and actually three other admission counselors in our office that are based in California. So we have two in Northern California and another one in Southern California. So you're going to have great resources through our office and make sure to use us along the way throughout the process to answer any questions that you have um, and just let us know how we can help. 
We're really familiar with our high schools. We know your counselors and we're going to be reading your applications if you didn't do it, like I mentioned. Um, so this means that we really know the context of the school that you're graduating from. And if we ever have a question on your file, we feel really comfortable checking in with the counselor to find out more information if necessary. Um, once you get campus, I always like to give a few tips when you get to, Cal get to campus from a California student. Um, so to look like a local, you'll want to get a rain jacket and boots. <laughs> and then also make sure to look into that waterproof backpack. So okay. make sure to check into those things. <laughs> yes, it will probably rain a lot more up there than it will in California, I'm sure. Um, and then any... <laughs> You know, as we as we talk about essays, one of the things that's on a lot of students' minds that we've been um, that we've been working with is is writing about COVID nineteen and you know how best to talk about that. Do you have any advice or any um, you know thoughts about how students should think about sharing information about COVID nineteen? Yes, and so uh, the COVID section as well as the additional circumstances section, those are two parts of the application that I think. They should be used in general for a student to tell us something that they are not finding another place to include that information anywhere else on the app. And so if there's a piece of you that you need to express that you're not able to anywhere else, please make sure that we have that information. So um, we need that context when, when it needs to be explained. So um, for example, since I'm more familiar with the additional circumstances section, I'm gonna just highlight a few examples that I know there and you can you know use this to relate to the other section as well. But it's always helpful to gather additional information on why there was a dip in grades, for example. So was a learning difference diagnosed or an illness or was there a death in the family? So if there's ever a gap in information on the application, we're gonna guess what's happening and we'd rather just have that information outright so we can get that context to really understand who you are, what happened, and it really paints that full picture. Um, and it really explains what happened to you throughout your four-year high school experience. So if there's something you need to tell us about this circumstance, about you know other things that are going on in your life, make sure to use that section to do that. That makes a lot of sense. That's very helpful. Thank you. Um, so, you know, in light of, you know, the COVID-19 uh, effects, I, you know, we've, we've been guessing that, you know, um, the holistic review is going to be an important element of this year's read. I'm wondering, you know, for those of you who are listening and tuning in and are unfamiliar with this term, a holistic review just describes the process by which the admissions officers aim to look at the whole student as represented by various parts of um, the application packet. And that holistic review should paint a picture of who this student is and might be, um, and, and, and recognize that the student is more than just a GPA and test scores. Um, and as a reader, it means looking at each part of the application packet contextually rather than as disparate parts. Um, so Emily, I'm wondering if you could share a little bit about how that holistic process works at Oregon when you're reading such a large body of applicants. Yeah, absolutely. And so when we review the application, we are definitely using that holistic approach that you mentioned. Um, and so what that means is that we're going to look at every part of the application that is included. So I know when you think immediately of the application, you're thinking GPA and test scores. So yes, those will be considered if they're included. Test scores are now optional starting in the fall 2021 admissions and moving on past that. 
but we'll also look at every other piece. That includes course rigors, taking like AP, IB, dual enrolled classes, grade trend, are your grades going up throughout four years? Are they going down throughout four years? That high school profile, and as I mentioned, when we're regionally based, we're also really familiar with those high schools, but on a high school profile, we might so see um, the grade trends in certain classes. I mean, we might get that information, so sometimes really in depth. Also look at these essays, um, we'll look at extracurricular activities, leadership involvement, all of these pieces. Um, so the optional pieces of the application will also be included. So as I mentioned, the supplemental essay, but also an optional letter of recommendation. So we recommend a letter of recommendation for any student that's applying that has under a 3.0 GPA. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, but those optional items are great ways to add to your application if students are looking to do so. So additional factors that, um, we might look at as well, that's not on every application, but for example, if a student is the first in their family to go to college, if they have a learning difference, if they have an extenuating stance during their high school career, all of these things might be considered in the process, and that really just adds context when reviewing the application. And also keep in mind that multiple eyes will be viewing each application, so that's key to know too. So it's not just me reviewing them, um, it's gonna be others on campus too. That's very helpful, yeah, I mean, um... You know, this is really a time when you want to share as much as possible um, about your unique circumstances and all the different parts of your personality, um, it sounds like. Uh, that's, that's very helpful. Um, what advice would you give all of the rising seniors out there regarding their essays and their applications? Yeah, so I always like to end it on a positive note really try not to stress out too much. I know this is a really overwhelming process, but know that you have help along the way. It's an extra rewarding process to go through and lead to the best four years of your life. So just remember, this is really an exciting time in your life. Use your resources, your high school counselors, your college admission counselors. We're all here to help you throughout your entire journey. We hear a lot about highly selective schools with really small acceptance rates. And I always like to reassure everyone that that's a really small minority. So the key is really focusing on an institution that's the right fit for you. And then, as I've mentioned before, when you get there, make sure to take advantage of all those amazing opportunities that are offered to you, because that's really how you're going to thrive when you get. There. So just enjoy this exciting life and reach out if anything that I can do to help along the way. Wonderful. We're going to post the um, the uh, the link on our feed, so you'll be able to get that information and reach out to Emily directly. But it's just been wonderful. I'm gonna. Um, I, I really appreciate you being here tonight, Emily, to talk a little bit about Oregon and about the essay process. And um, your advice is very, very uh, wise and much appreciated. So. I'm going to bring uh, Kelsey back to the studio to answer any questions you might have for Emily. Hi, guys. What a wonderful conversation you've been having. I uh, feel like I want to go apply to college all over again. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing, Emily, uh -oh. for Jenny, for coming up with such great um, content. So um, what I'm going to do is we have a few questions and um, I'm going to switch back and forth between who we need to have on the stream to ask those questions. Great. So Emily, can you hear me okay? Hi, can you guys hear me? Yes. Can you hear us okay? Oh, great. Okay. 
I got really fuzzy for a minute, but I think we're back. Awesome. Yes, we are in a world that is dependent on technology. So sorry, everybody out there. Um, I want to get to some questions. Um, one of the questions, so anybody who has questions, please feel free to pop them into the comments box and we will address as many as we possibly can. Um, but I do want to address some questions that I've gotten previously from our students. Um, a famous one is, is there any topic, essay topic that you hate reading about? So I would love to hear what's the answer to that. Sorry, could you repeat the question one more time, Kelsey? No problem. Um, my students always ask, is there any topic that admissions readers really hate reading about? So is there anything you really hate reading about? So I wouldn't say there's anything that I really hate. Um, I think a bold topic to choose is a persuasive essay about a controversial topic. So I would caution against something like that. And I wouldn't say I hate it, but I would say it's it's not necessarily the place to be doing that, would be my thought. Wonderful, that's great advice. Thank you, Emily. Um, another one, I'm, I get a lot of questions, so it's kind of tricky when we advise for students, California students, to apply to public schools that are out of state. And um, one of the things I'm wondering, how do you read out of state applicants and I'm wondering if you can give us a little breakdown of the admit rate for in-state versus out-of-state, because sometimes that's a little bit tricky for students to understand. Yeah, absolutely. So when we're talking admission rate from in-state versus out-of-state, it's really very similar. Um, I know there are some public institutions that to restrict the number of out-of-state students that are coming. The University of Oregon really isn't that. Um, the only difference in regards to selectivity for in-state versus out-of-state would be more on the transfer side, and the transfer requirements are very slightly different in regards to GPA requirements. So for our out-of-state transfer students, we're looking for a 2.5 GPA, and then our in-state, we have a 2.25. But other than that, our admission for incoming freshmen is very in-state versus out-of-state. Wonderful. That's great to know. And as you said, that's definitely not true at every school. So that's wonderful to know that that is true at University of Oregon. Um, okay, great. So I think we're right about at time and I don't see any more questions coming through. Um, so I want to wrap it up. I'm going to bring Jenny back. Um, and I want to just say to everyone out there, you know, as a group that's really trying to reach as many families, as many students as we can to provide more information, better access, Thank you so much for joining us tonight, Emily, and for sharing so openly of all of your thoughts and all of the wealth of information that you have. Um, we really appreciate it. And I also wanna let anybody watching know that if you feel like you might need more information, you feel maybe a little bit overwhelmed. I mean, look, there's more than 2000 undergraduate institutions out there in this country alone. Uh, it's hard to know all of the options that are out there and which options are best for you and for your child. Um, so I wanna let you know that if you just wanna talk, our first step for anybody is a free phone consultation. We would be more than happy to connect with you, um, hear about your specific circumstances and give you some information about even just what to think about because sometimes it's really all about not knowing what you don't know and that's where we can come in and we can help. So you know, if you wanna call, get a little bit more information, that can be hugely helpful. If you want to get more help, 
fantastic and work with us. If you don't, that's perfectly fine. We just, we're here to help. So take advantage of all of our free resources. Go to our community resources page on the college website. Um, be sure to follow us on social media because we're trying to get as many great admissions officers on these discussions on the Live with College series as we can. And um, with that, I wanna bid you all a very good night. And thank you so much to Jenny and thank you so much to Emily. Thank you so much, Emily, for joining us tonight. We really appreciate your time. All right. Good night. Good night. <laughs> Thanks. Bye.